Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twin Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And we are Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Hi, everybody. I'm Pastor Padrone, and I've got Nick and Dave with me today. Paul is away, but in his esteemed chair, we have special guest Mark Mormar from Laudisi Distribution Group with us. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing very well, thank you. Thanks, thanks for inviting me back. I appreciate it. Thanks for being willing to come back. Of That's course. the big thing for us. <laughs> I've, co- I've got nothing but time to waste, so <laughs> I figure this is the place to do it. People, he's all, now... It, North Carolina is where you're based out of? South Carolina. South Carolina. Actually, yeah. So even further. Even further. Even, even further. Just for this. It was just a long, for us. It was a long walk. He came up just to be on Not Just Vlogs Phone. That's totally not true. But it's almost true. <laughs> it's almost true. It's we, almost We know true. the real reason. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to that later in the show. But uh, and we also have uh, Sam the barman with us from the 724 Lounge. How are you, Sam? Excellent. Thank you for having me again. Wonderful. The pleasure's all yours, though. It it is all. What? what, what, Oh, okay. Well, it's a little bit shared, (laughs) don't you think? All right. Uh, Today on the show, we're starting off with our cigar review, and we are smoking a newcomer from Room 101 Cigars. We're smoking Mm. the farce. The farce. Robusto. As in farce? Okay, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the name, to be honest. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's some hidden joke that I'm not aware of. But, uh, I mean, other... Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But it's the farce. And from the Room 101 website, it says about this cigar, Behold, the first solo project from the kids at Room 101 prepared to receive maximum pleasure overload as glorious flavors cascade over your palate, diddling your receptors in a fashion you cannot deny. Farce is a gorgeous and sophisticated multi-country of origin blend, hand-built with pride in partnership with the artisans of the William Ventura Tobacco uh, company in the Dominican Republic. Join us for the next installment of the Room 101 story. Welcome to the conspiracy and enjoy farce. Unquote. Um, this is an Ecuadorian wrapper with an Indonesian binder, and in the filler is Dominican, Nicaraguan, and Pennsylvanian tobacco. The the, Re- the Robusto is a 5 um, uh, by 52 and uh, this is a fairly strong cigar. Um, but before we get into that, Sam, what are we pairing with this? What is it, man? Stogie. So at the moment, you are drinking spice daiquiris. I went real simple Ooh. with this one. Uh, we have Florida Cana 12-year, simple syrup, lime juice, Angostura bitters, and spiced cherry bitters. Nice. With that little extra something in there. Ooh, very nice. I, it, I think it's going to work pretty well with what you guys are smoking from, you know, from what I got off the nose on that one. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping it's going to make you guys nice and happy. I mean, it's a, it's a daiquiri, so it probably should. Yep. But uh, I think it'll end up working pretty well for you guys. Makes Dave happy. 
<laughs> took it easy on Dave this week for sure. Yeah, yeah. Dave's Dave's put in his uh, put in his dues for a little bit. He's been a good little boy, drinking all that whiskey and scotch over the last several weeks, bourbons. But it's been so good though. Yes. Yeah. But so I this see is a couple of extra hairs growing on the chest. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Those are the only it's two true. you see, right? That's <laughs> true. true. Unfortunately, they're so long they're curling around his neck. But. <laughs> so I've had I've had daiquiris before. Yeah. And this is the first spice daiquiri. Most of the time when I'm in Puerto Rico, it's usually a, a Bacardi daiquiri, which is a very simple drink, like you said, lime mm-hmm. juice. I thought you were uh, going to say simple. strawberry. No. Uh, I actually had at the Bacardi factory, I did have a strawberry daiquiri, and it was absolutely delicious. Um, but most of the time when I'm in Puerto Rico, it's usually a uh, Bacardi daiquiri or a Bacardi mojito. And this is the first time I've had um, a spiced daiquiri, which is really, really nice. Really, really nice. Well, It is, yes. How do we think it goes with the cigar? And what are you guys picking up on the cigar while we're at it? Hmm. Feel, feel free to speak up, guys. We're, we're used to Paul going first. Leather. Mm-hmm. Um, with the spice, you get some nice spice on the retrohale. Maybe a tad bit of sweetness in there, or that could just be maybe the, the pairing, the drink, um, the daiquiri kind of lingering a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think I get a little bit of a sweetness in there, definitely some leather, and definitely some spice in there. Yeah, leather, spice. And everything nice. Wood. Yeah. It's a, it's a very it's a and the the pepper in the retro is intense. strong. It's it very intense. Yeah, my eyes are watering. Yes, they are. Mm. And another reason we're glad right now this is only audio. Uh, what else are you tasting, Dave? Other than uh, your tears? <laughs> um, it's definitely I get the leather, um, some sweet some sweet earth, mm-hmm. um, the. Uh, the pepper in the retro hail is really messing me up right now. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. I don't. I don't. Well, it's I, strong I meant, though. It, it's it's strong. there. It's well, present. Well, no. I, I, I took up probably a bigger haul than I should have. And I, woo. I, so. I think it's. I think it's pretty well balanced between the leather that I'm getting and the spice hmm. and the. I'm, get, I'm starting to get a little bit of the earthy woodiness in there, mm-hmm. um, and that mm. tangy sweetness at the end. Mm. I think it's pretty well balanced with all of those in there. What do you think, Mark? You're sitting there very yeah. contemplative. <laughs> well, because my impressions to my first, when we first lit, just before we went on air, I um, it, it was a little harsher than I was expecting. Mm. Not just the strength, but <clears throat> I, uh, yeah, I was, I was, surprised i wasn't expecting that um and now it's it's toned down a little bit i think maybe partially because it's heated up a little bit right um yeah i mean it's it's an an interesting balance i don't i'm not sure that i would call it at least not yet maybe given a little bit of age it's going to pull some balance um but I think that the headiness of it and some of the, I mean, yeah, peppery, I guess, a little bit on the on the retro hail for sure. But yeah. um, just, and I'm trying to identify what what it is exactly. Um, anyone like else? the Nicaraguan that they're using. Yeah. Um, that is, you know, what's sort of interesting is when it says, so we say Pennsylvania, and before we went on air also we were talking about how oh, in Pennsylvania. And I know that 
I know that Drew Estate has like Broadleaf. Pennsylvania Broadleaf, yep. You know, up there. And I'm, I wonder if they're actually using, I can't imagine it because Broadleaf is usually going to be in a wrapper. But, and is, I believe and it's not going to bring also, a whole lot of harshness to it. Yeah, it's not going to have a whole lot of flavor. Yeah, there's um, it, it doesn't identify, you know, on the website any more than Pennsylvania. Yeah. I know that there's Pennsylvania has a... Do you, do you know why? It's has a, a farce. Has it's a, a farce. Wow. <laughs> Pennsylvania has a tobacco <laughs> that's used in the uh, Neanderthal, the uh, Sucker One. And I wonder if that's, you know, being used in here. I wonder if that's what they're referring to. But the site did not get specific. Mm. Interesting. So, uh, is anyone mm. picking up a uh, like a mineral note to the to the cigar? No. Are you saying you feel stoned? No, not not in the least. <laughs> I'm not I'm, picking I'm up a mineral note. It's but it you know it's it's not. I wouldn't describe it as wood or leather. It's almost like yeah, to me it's almost like saltiness a little bit. Because I would think Dave would have picked up on that one. Well, yeah, I figured yeah, I was getting maybe, that from the maybe drink. <laughs> like rock salt kind of salt. <laughs> <laughs> like like the driveway rock salt or highway rock salt? Well, I haven't really put either of those two things in my mouth, so <laughs> I, I can't say for sure That's what, that she said. what the difference would be. Oh, my gosh, Dave. <laughs> this is a family show, okay? At least we pretend to be. I mean, I get, so I get two distinct layers, and maybe as I keep smoking down, I'm going to pick up more, um, and also having, full disclosure, I've been put, smoking a lot of pipe tobacco today, today so that might affect Excellent. it too, but, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting the real, almost aged, but darkened, sense of darkened, deep Nicaraguan um, mm-hmm. flavors, and then... What seems like a lighter undertone, um, slightly on the aftertaste, that is much more fresh plant. Like, well, mm. that level, almost what I expect is like tasting cigar coming right off the rolling bench. Mm. Um, you know, you, you roll a cigar and it tastes one way right off the bench, and then you give it some time. Sure. And it, it tastes a little bit different, but that vegetation aspect of it. Okay. Um, that might be that mineral that you were talking about. Right, that's why yeah. I'm bringing it up. Yep. Um, Maybe we're sort of tasting the same thing, but perceiving mm-hmm. it just like perceiving a different it differently. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm searching for for words to describe it. Um, that might that might very well be it. So now you more like a brighter earth, maybe. Mm. Like a, you know what I'm Bright, saying? Yeah, I can't. Earth. I can't quite. We're coming up with all sorts it. of new terminology, right. not just blowing smoke. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now you were saying that this is a new release? Yes. So that's interesting because I remember when you said the name, I remember a couple of years ago them introducing a farce. Now, I don't know whether it went fully into production or not. Maybe they held it for a while or maybe they postponed it and then, you know, obviously went out of business, supposedly. <laughs> um, so I don't know, but I mean, I don't, and I don't, I'm, I can't be sure that's the exact same blend, but I think it is. Okay. I don't think this is a whole new blend to them because they were doing that. I, guess, I think with Caldwell, mm. who does they do Caldwell does most of their cigars at that factory in Temple. Right. This and this is this is something that they have done themselves. So this isn't a partnership with Caldwell or the other people they've worked with. Um, I know that uh, um, this was something that was made available this year at the uh, um, IPCPR. Um, 
but I'll hold back if that's if it, you know if it's if it's it at the very least it's, it's new, new to, to twins the market. and uh, you know maybe they maybe it was kind of released but has only just become available sometimes that happens yeah sure um, we know that happened with the uh, Padron eighty nine uh, was actually the TAA for uh, twenty. Uh, 17, right? And it didn't come out until the 18? I believe so. Yeah. Because of problems in Nicaragua and getting stuff out right? stuff like that. Hmm. Um, anyway. But I have to say I like this cigar. Um, you know, I I have and, and being totally transparent... I haven't always been a big fan of Room 101 cigars, but uh, this this is really enjoyable. I'm I'm really enjoying the strength of this cigar. Uh, I like a stronger, fuller-bodied cigar. This is certainly delivering that, and these leathery, you know, earthy notes are really really good. And that that peppery spice, I really I really like that. Yeah. And it's delivered in such a way that it's it's not overpowering. My palate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that I would say my taste receptor taste receptors are being diddled by this cigar, <laughs> but they're certainly enjoying what is going on. What's oh, yeah. the diddling usually encounter for you, Dan? Because I, you know, well, I think that's, they're Maduro. That's diddles. a very personal question. Yeah, <laughs> well. <laughs> It's just the four of us in this room. <laughs> let's not. Nobody will know. Let's not dilly dally about my diddling. Okay. Let me hear. Let me hear. Excellent from uh, Pablo. Excellent. Mm. <laughs> yes, uh, Paul. Do you uh, taste anything spicy here? Kind of spice. Oh, it's uh, a little spicy. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a little spicy. It's a little spicy. Are you still uh, getting used to that, Dave? Is it? Uh, are your tears yes, calming my, down? My tears have dried up. Mm. Yep. Um, very spicy in the retro hill. Still getting some of that weird taste. Um, I think it, I, I really, I almost want to think that weird taste is actually what the drink is bringing out of it. Mm. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I feel like I get more of it the more I drink and the more I, I pull after a drink. Well, let's let's talk about the, the pairing aspect of this here. How are you guys feeling that this drink... Pairs. There's really two ways you can do pairings. There's, you can pick a drink that is complementary to what flavors are in the cigar, or you can pick a drink that is contrasting to it, so that the both kind of bring out things in the other uh, through contrast. And this is more of a contrasting. A little drink. bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, how 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 do you think this is working out? I think it's working out pretty good. I think the drink is is. A little bit, a little bit too sour, maybe. Would you but please the, the pass bitters the in there. Yeah, is the bitter, very, that bitter cherry is very prominent. It's mm. very prominent. Um. The, the spice in there is nice because then it kind of complements the cigar with the spice when you retrohale. But that tangy bitterness from the bitters is just like bam. Mm. It's really kind of at the top, and that's kind of all you taste. And then after you kind of get a little bit of the rum and everything kind of trickling down after that but that that bitters is right up front punch in the teeth type of thing um and with the cigar it's 
it's it's okay. I'm I'm okay with it. It's kind of bringing out a little bit more in the cigar. I'm tasting a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So the contrasting yeah. is okay. It's fine. But I kind of like to have the pairings kind of dead on mm-hmm. for me because it's kind of at that point it's seamless right with the cigar and the drink and for me that's just the ultimate pleasure yeah what about you mark what, are, what what's your opinion here well i mean this isn't my favorite sort of drink mm-hmm. um i'm not a big spiced type of guy this is, it's a little it's a little too just if, even if I were drinking on its own it's very flavorful mm-hmm. I enjoy the, the the drink for what he's put together it's not it's not fully my cup of tea mm-hmm. in terms of what we're talking about now I almost it's almost a little overpowering for me in relation to the cigar because I I'm not it's not drawing anything out of the cigar for me that I'm not mm-hmm. getting otherwise, I don't think. And it's so much flavor. Like, it's been a minute or two minutes since I've had a sip, and I still have the sourness mm, yeah. in my mouth. And that's, of course, going to affect the cigar. I want them to... My preference, and it's always different, too, is that the two complement each other. Right. And that the, the, the flavor of the cigar is going to help enhance the drink and vice versa or pull sure. out certain characteristics of it. Mm-hmm. To me, the, the the bitter cherry is is uh, in particular sort of overpowering the flavor of the cigar a little bit, mm-hmm. which also might be the way I'm, you know, then perceiving the cigar itself because I might not picking things up that I would if I weren't drinking anything sure. or something else. Um, yeah, it's not my favorite pairing. Okay, especially since the last time I was here, we had two really, really good, really pairings. awesome pairings. Yeah, Dave, what's your uh, take. I'm going to agree with Mark on that. I feel like the drink is fantastic. I like it. It's kind of more up my alley, but the uh, um, I feel like it is blocking the cigar a little bit. Okay. So we're all in kind of agreement that the, the drink is good, but it's only, it's really only an okay pairing with this cigar. The, yeah. the, the tartness of the, the citrus really is, is getting in the way a little bit of things. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I don't know if this would I don't know if this is a drink that I pair with a cigar at all. Mm. Not just this yeah. cigar, but I. It's just there's some things that work and some things they don't. They just yep. stand on their own as being good. But yeah, I think it would over. I, for me personally, if it was like one of my favorite cigars and I was really going to enjoy just the smoke itself, and then I drank this with it, I'd I'd be like, ah, gosh, I don't maybe this was a. A wrong idea because I, I wouldn't necessarily be enjoying that smoke. It sounded much. like a good idea, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Well, yeah. a regular a regular daiquiri. So this is a, another take on like a, a regular rum daiquiri. A rum daiquiri, you have uh, a lot of sweet, and then you get a lot of the earthiness from the rum. Mm-hmm. And this is so another take on it, but that that bitters spice in there that it's. It's it it kind of takes it to another level and it's nice on its own, mm-hmm. but with the cigar it kind of overshadows it a little bit because mm-hmm. the cigar for me is a medium body, it has some nice flavors in there. It's not too strong or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's not gonna you know it's not a loud cigar or anything, um, but it the drink is a little too over the top, just like that. <laughs> Boom! Wow. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should have gone with the Maduro. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, I don't think the cigar is the the issue. I think the cigar is really good. Yeah, I think but so. I, I think you're right. I I'm, I I think uh, I'm not sure that lime based citrusy stuff. I can't think of a cigar that would really go well with. Mm. I don't. I mean, the lime and uh, with you know sort of the, a daiquiri will work really well. I I. I think it's more the cherry bitters. You think it's more the cherry bitters? Yeah. I'd have to agree with him on that. Okay. Yeah. I concur. So it's not just the sourness of it. Mm. It's that bitter aspect of it. Um, and the cherry, too, which is a very distinct flavor. Right. right. I mean, you can't avoid the cherry. It isn't, like, subtle in there. Right. No, no, that's true. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on here at Twins. You know, mm. we're two weeks to Christmas and we have lots of Christmas gift sets and sample packs available uh, going anywhere from uh, $39.99 all the way up to $100. They are varied and uh, many of them uh, even come with their own box. What sort of gift sets are we talking about? We're talking gift sets of cigars, cutters, lighters, um, gift cards, gift cards, ashtrays, ashtrays. Nice. Uh, a number of them, you know, cigar uh, holders, cigar holders. Even come in their own box. It's already wrapped and basically comes with its own bow. So all you have to do is shut it up, tie the tie the bow, and there you go. You're all set. So if you are in the um, area of twins, either in Hooksit or in Londonderry, and you're looking for something for that person who loves cigars or pipes take advantage of those gift sets while we got them they're available while they last and then um this coming friday december 20th is going to be the aladino tv giveaway this is an event that's been going on for uh, a couple of months here at twins for Mm. every five uh, aladino cigars that you purchase at one time you get a raffle ticket for a 55 inch 4k smart tv and it's a fantastic tv um it's it's been in the shop it's been playing uh, all the time while we're so it's here a used tv it's <laughs> <laughs> like you're giving away uh, a used tv we're because, giving away because you're buying a new a bigger tv and you're going to give this away we're showing people what it can do <laughs> we're showing people what it can do and it's what has been on used. the tv is a video of the Aladino factory where you can see the cigars being made and everything, and it's been almost mesmerizing to go and, and watch. It's hard and see, not to look at. See uh-huh. how see how the cigars are made from one end, you know, from planting the seed all the way to packing them in the box. It's uh, very cool. But you have a, uh, an opportunity to to get this TV by coming in and doing that. And if you get a box, you get five raffle tickets. Um, the boxes for Aladino come in boxes of 20. Uh, so it's like getting a, a bonus raffle ticket for getting the box. And that's going to come to a head on Friday, December 20th. And at the end of that night, we're going to be drawing the winner of uh, that television. So mm-hmm. make sure you get in here and get your Aladino Buy cigars. Buy them boxes. Yep. But to be clear, the, the Aladino cigars, unlike the TV, are, are not previously smoked. They have no. not been touched right. or right. smoked. They're new, and the gift thing. sets are all new. Right? <laughs> the gift it's sets just are the all TV. New. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. They're, they're just, let's see. It's okay. We have the box. <laughs> we have the box. We can make it look new. Okay. 
Um, you can stay in touch with Twin Smoke Shop on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and at their website, twinssmokeshop.com. Uh, what are our continuing impressions here of the Room 101 Farce Robusto? I have finished my drink, mm-hmm. and um, it's I'm getting some really smooth earth tones. The, it's I think the, my favorite part about the cigar is its slight spiciness, but its mm-hmm. pepper and the retrohale is uh, is wonderful. Um, but yeah, the, the the leathery earthiness is just wonderful. It's a real solid cigar. Excellent. Thank you, Paul. Nick, <laughs> what about you? Um, in the beginning, it was a lot of spice. Mm-hmm. It was really r- ramped up, and then now it's kind of settled down and kind of mm-hmm. blended in with all the other. Uh, nuances in there and it's really really nice really balanced nice easy spice you mm-hmm. got some leather earthy woody tones in there uh, a tad bit of sweetness yeah the it's, spice in the retro is really calmed down too yeah absolutely and uh it's a good cigar man it's really good yeah, Mark, it, what do you think yeah i think that you know now that i'm down through you know past the halfway mark of the uh of the stick uh it, it's it's starting to balance itself out more mm. for me. I've just been watching. I've been watching the the ash. Yes. To see how that's going, and it's interesting. I'm seeing a little more separation than I'm ash. used to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know if you guys, you know, really look for that as you're smoking mm-hmm. and see the consistency of, you know, after it's the burning, consistency. the consistency. <laughs> Um, the consistency. <laughs> consistency. I thank you think for is pointing the word out. You're looking for. Thank you for pointing out my stutter and my. Yeah. Um, how how you, dare you? you. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> Damn you, Dan. It's it's surprising. It's got a little bit more separation on it than I might have expected. And when you say uh, separation for our. Because, you know, of course, people are listening and can't see. So what what are you seeing on there? Yeah, so, I mean, the, you know, as your cigar's burning and you're seeing the ash, you see, um, you can see several different things. One is that it's sort of staying together almost as one continuous um, uh, cone of ash that's Mm -hmm. continuing to expand. Or you can see it, as I can in this, almost layers that are sitting on top of one another. Mm Yeah. and if that gets, if you're seeing inconsistencies, and so what you're really looking for is the consistency. Say, I got it right that time. You did. Um, the consistency that at least you're not seeing um, holes in it, or you know, the separation itself isn't a concern. But it can be if you're if you're seeing large separations on one side versus the other. Those can be construction issues, sure. right? So how yep. is it being rolled? Um, and in this case, it's interesting because it's, it's perfectly symmetrical. Mm-hmm. You have a uh, great burn going there. I do, but I but that's with the separation. I fear that that wouldn't last. So what is that? Maybe half an inch? Yeah, yeah, well, half, maybe a little bit more. I'm not sure at an inch that it would stay on there. Right. I think it'll fall off on its own. Mm, well, you should test that theory, my friend. You think so? Mm. Well, all right. Well, in, right I, in my lap. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, mm. Dave, what yeah. about yourself? Um, yep, yeah, I'm seeing a little 
Are you seeing yeah. what uh, Mark is talking about? I'm seeing what Mark is talking about, yep. And I've already ashed on the floor once, so I don't think it'll go an inch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, I think the construction is pretty decent. Um, I didn't find any soft spots or anything. In no, no soft, no. no soft spots. And you want, you know, look, also in the color, you want to see either Uniformity a uniform lightness or color of gray or dark or whatever mm -hmm. it might be. And if you're not getting that, then they're not, no. you know, but... Yeah, there's a nice oily sheen to this uh, wrapper mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, yep. And get the the nice little steps of the as you're puffing and letting it rest, and puffing and letting it rest. You're seeing the the gradation of that. It's nice. Yeah, give that little ribbed look. Mm-hmm. Very very true. Um, as for our for this segment of the show that we call Pastor Padron's Cigar Confessions. Uh, this week I want to confess to you that uh, sometimes my own bias and preferences can blind me from a really good cigar that I would enjoy. Has anyone else ever experienced that around the table here? Well, where, can you where, elaborate a little bit? On what for sort instance, don't ask that. I've already I've already said, and uh, I'll repeat it again because this kind of is a great segue to that i've not been a big fan of room 101 cigars and when these cigars came into the store i kind of rolled my eyes and you know as somebody who works here you know i feel like i need to smoke everything that comes in so that i have first-hand knowledge of what it is that people might be asking for and even if it's not my taste you know, it, it might be somebody else's. So you need to you need to experience, you know, what what there is to sell. Mm -hmm. And I smoked this. I, I actually smoked the Maduro version of the of the cigar first, right, yeah. mm -hmm. which is a much stronger version of this. Yeah, it, it has a, a Maduro San Andreas wrapper on it, around the same uh, binder and fillers, um, and. I was really taken aback by how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, and uh, it had had actually Nick gave me the cigar to smoke. I needed you to because I smoked it first, mm. and, and had, I needed him to. Smoke had it. he not given it to me, I would have really had a hard time making myself spend my hard-earned money on yeah. a cigar whose line. I've never really been all that thrilled about. Yeah. But I'm really glad he did because I really enjoyed it. And then I tried the, the 10th anniversary uh, Room 101, which is also really, really good. And yes. then I smoked this one that we're smoking on the show, uh, the Robusto, uh, of the Habano version of the farce. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. My favorite is still the Maduro. Mm, I yeah. think that I think that cigar is fantastic, but it's so strong. If we smoked that on the show and then went to a pipe tobacco, we'd never be able to taste anything. So yeah. Yeah, we're smoking we're smoking this. But this is this is a really decent cigar. Yeah. I, I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. Definitely. And and so, you know, I, I thought it was a great discussion point that sometimes our own preconceived notions of what kind of tobacco we like, mm -hmm. what kind of brands we gravitate to towards or stay away from can sometimes get in the way of our own experiencing something good 
Right. And have any of you ever experienced that? Is this, or is this something that I'm confessing that is only attributable to Pastor Padron? No. Well, it maybe I'm not. I, I try not to be biased on any cigars you, because you we, you like everything. Nick. Well, I, well, not necessarily. Excellent. So yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so about Room 101, the first Room 101s that I had was a few years ago, when mm-hmm. I guess when they first came out, and I did not like them at all. And from there on out, I was just kind of like set. I'm all set with these until I had these ones. And these, I had the the Maduro one day and uh, a couple days ago, and I was like, oh, my God, they straightened it out. And I was very impressed. I was like, oh, uh, this is great. Yeah. Uh, finally, they got these cigars down pat what they need i remember that because you like came up to me and said dude this is a spice bomb and I was, it's that's an amazing i got amazing one. cigar and then um it's awesome but as far as as far as bias or anything through the humidor or through any of the cigars i try not to be i try to just smoke everything and kind of you know smoke it unbiasedly and just be like okay and just smoke it and kind of take in what it's giving me and then i can kind of make a fair assessment on it whether it's good or bad um, I'm not really particular on uh, the <laughs> types of tobaccos or anything like that. Like, I kind of lean towards Nicaraguan a little bit, mm-hmm. but I like all the Fuente stuff. I like Ashton stuff. That's all Dominican. Yeah, see, like, uh, like I'm, I love LFD. LFD's all Dominican. I'm, I'm really a, I gravitate towards Nicaraguan tobacco. Mm, yeah, I, there, are, there are tastes and flavors in Dominican cigars. That and Dominican tobacco, I should say, that just don't have the same pleasure for me on my palate right. that Nicaraguan tobacco does or Honduran tobacco does. Right. Those countries, you know, tobacco from those countries tends to be the cigars that I personally really enjoy. Right. Now, you know, um, I can appreciate. You know, a Dominican scar like an Ashton or a Fuente, and I have uh, some friends who l- love the the Opus X and Don Carlos and I have the Sharks, and they'll give me those and and you know, I, and I can appreciate them, right? But I don't enjoy them nearly as much. Yeah, it, it does not mean it's not a great cigar. Mm-hmm. It's just not. For not me, for you, yeah. it's just not my palate is geared for for other things. Mm-hmm. You know, that said, um, the um, uh, Heron Sickle Tradition cigar, for instance. Yep, I love that cigar. Which and one, the Connecticut or the Maduro? The Tradition is. Oh, the Tradition. Oh, sorry, in yeah. the Connecticut. Yep, and it's I. I love that cigar. That's a. Basically, a Dominican, Dominican cigar. There's yeah. a little bit of there's a little bit of some other stuff in there. Yes, but it's 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 a Dominican cigar. Yep. So, you know, had I not tried that, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of pushed pa- past my normal taste comfort zones, I never would have found that great cigar. Yeah, I think it's also very important as tobacconists that work in a retail shop to kind of kind of put the bias aside like don't get me wrong this you know i have personal preferences to nicaraguan tobacco and everything um and not so much anything else maybe the the honduran tobacco would probably be a second but in a retail shop i i for me it's very important for me to kind of push the bias aside and be 
kind of open-minded to every cigar and every tobacco and kind of be truthful to myself okay what is it giving me is it giving me spice is it giving me earthy has it got some sweetness there so i can you know relay that to the customers mm-hmm. so be very informational when they come in be like okay well they're looking for a dominican cigar with this type of tasting palette then i can get them into the right cigar for them right but let's talk about let's talk about the average cigar guy out there yeah right yeah. there's a difference between us who are tobacconists who are smoking these cigars so that we know what we're talking about right so that when somebody who really loves dominican tobacco for mm-hmm. instance i can still talk to them intelligently about yes. what is in the cigar and what tastes are there you know but for the average cigar smoker mm-hmm. who doesn't have to smoke everything that's there yeah you know sometimes you know our own biases can really keep us from getting out of that comfort zone that we have Mm -hmm. like we have we have customers who uh, are padrone only people they smoke padrone they won't smoke anything else that drives me crazy it drives me crazy for the the customers that come in and what i'm hey i i I give it up to them that they can stay on padrones and or stay on steve saka stuff or just smoke aj fernandez or just smoke hammer and sickle and i definitely give it up to them um, but I, I can't do that. Mm. I, I have to get out there. I have to taste everything. For me, my palate <laughs> just wants that. I want the different, like this is giving me such a different flavor with the different tobaccos and everything. This, this, this <laughs> is excellent. Um, excellent. <laughs> but Thank I, I just, Paul. like, I tried to put my bias aside when it comes to, when what? it comes to other... <laughs> People, when I have to choose somebody else's cigar, I try to get into what they want out of the cigar versus to, you know, have my bias play a, a role in that a little bit. I try my very best to get it out well, of the yeah, way. Well, as, yeah, as people who are selling c- cigars, we right. have to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course. Yep. What, 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 are you, what about so, you, Mark? So my question to you as, you know, um, as tobacconists and have a shop with... A huge breadth of options, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Forgetting about your own biases for a moment, and the extreme of the guy who comes in and only smokes Padron or particular brand. Um, they come in, give you a description of something they're looking for, and you say, "Oh, I've got just a thing. It just came in. It's a rumor on a one or whatever it might be." Yeah. Um, and there. Their bias or experience might have only been based on one cigar, right? Right. They bought, they spent 10 bucks on a particular cigar. It wasn't to their taste. Mm-hmm. That was an investment. Not only are they out that money, but more importantly, they didn't really enjoy it. Why would I revisit that again? And you say, right. so how do you, would you combat it and encourage them anyway, or maybe steer them to something else, thinking that, well, their bias could play two ways, right? They're either missing out on opportunity, yeah, or are they preconditioned to be like, okay, I don't know if I really like the room one hundred and one, but you say it's good, so I'll, all right, I'll give it a shot. But um, will their flavor palette or their bias against what they had before influence this flavor palette? And now you've really not only that in that instance, not only. Or are they now deciding they definitely are never smoking Room 101 again? But now, as 
like tobacconist to them, then they're going to trust you. Right. Right. And so, yeah, I wonder how you, how you approach that sort of thing. Hmm. Um, That's a good question. That is a good question. I think, again, it really, it really comes down to uh, the importance of knowing, knowing your customer and being able to read them. And, you know, when they say that, what, you know, I, I think, you know, there's, you know, you might want to come at it from the way of saying, you know, would you be willing to try this if I suggested right. it to you? Instead of saying, no, no, forget everything. You know, this is this is it. You got to try it. You got and, and like you're pushing it on them, right? You yeah. know, you, 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 because you can't. There's a difference between kind of pushing your own experience versus um, trying to pull somebody you know, forward to try something that they, you're pretty sure that they would like Mm -hmm. without making it seem like you're forcing them to do it. And um, so I think, you know, but you you do, you you can run that danger of turning somebody off. Um, And I I really think that comes down to the moment and knowing your customer and uh, kind of figuring out how to suggest it to them at the time or whether you take what they say you know if somebody says you know no i i'm, I'm just not that's not it mm-hmm. then i probably would move on to something else yeah i would too if they said mm-hmm. you know i had room 101 the last time and i really didn't like it then i might say well i had that experience too i didn't really you know it wasn't hitting my palate where it was and i should caveat all this by saying Room 101 cigars, when they first came out, became incredibly popular, and lots of people liked them. And so, you know, what may not have been great to me was obviously great to other people because the cigars were very, very successful. Right. You know, so, um, you know, I have to keep that in mind, too. Um, and I just brain farted and completely lost my my train of thought. David, what what are you thinking about any of this? I would say when I when I saw them when I saw the room one ones come in, I kind of rolled my eyes too, and I was like, these guys make jewelry. <laughs> like, come on! I didn't know they ever made cigars before, because you know, and um, you know, and then Nick, if it wasn't for Nick being like, "Wow, this is good. You got to try this," and, yeah. and then I bought one, and I was like, "Holy crap, this is awesome!" You know, uh, I had the Maduro first too. And I was really happy that I tried, but I don't think if if Nick had never said anything to me, I never would have bought one, like ever. I wouldn't have by myself gone up and just tried it one day, you know. So I totally get that whole perception thing, and you know, I'm definitely going to be a lot more open-minded in the future. Yeah. What's our final verdict on uh, the Room 101 farce robusto? Uh, one out of ten. I'd I'd probably give it like a seven. Mm-hmm. Probably give it a seven. It's it's a medium body. It's a very smokable cigar. Um, in the beginning, it was was really that spice was really right there. Mm-hmm. Then it settled down. It's nice and easy. Nice straight medium cigar. I give it a seven. I give it a nice strong number seven. Nice strong number seven. Mark, what about you? Um, I'm probably at a solid five. A solid five. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. It's not by any means a bad cigar. There really isn't. Well, 
I was going to say there's no such thing as a bad cigar, but for my <laughs> taste, I don't enjoy absolutely everything. I, I right. find something to it, enjoy, and I'm a smoker, so I like to smoke. But um, while I enjoy it, it's also not. It's not going to replace anything unless of that that I previously would rather smoke. Okay. So I find it smokable. It's enjoyable. Um, they're just. There are others that I enjoy more, and I would probably continue, as we're talking about trying new things, I'd probably continue to, to try some other things. It certainly will allow me to revisit, especially talking about after talking about the Maduro. Mm-hmm. That's something I haven't tried that I, that I would try, uh, because like you all, Room 101 was not my favorite, and I'm not... I'm not inclined to just keep going through a line hoping that one is better than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather, with so many different brands and blends that that either exist or come out, uh-huh. I'd rather keep experimenting um, to, and in hopes that I find something before I go through the room, room 101 line again. Okay. Um, but you know these that's why these discussions are really useful because we're right. not just simply rating our own taste. We're saying. You know, hey, here's something you might might not have thought about before, right? And, yeah. and give it a try. And even if this one isn't for you, maybe there's something else in the line that will be. Yeah. Right, right. I think it's I think it's a for for the people like myself and like you, Danny, um, that had maybe some bad experiences in the past with Room One Hundred and One. I think it's worth a revisit. Yeah, I really do. Dave, what about you? No, um, I'm probably I'd probably give this like you know a seven or an eight, something like that. Um, I think it's uh, it's definitely something I'd smoke again. Um, I'd, I'd probably smoke the Maduro again first because I, I love like more of a heavier cigar. Yeah, you know that would that would really be like the cigar I'd go to. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I'm not disappointed. Yeah, this this is um, uh, uh, opened up the door for me back to uh, uh, Room 101. This is this is something that I think they've I've enjoyed much more than. Uh, the cigars they've had in the past, and again, not that they're not that the cigars they made in the past were, you know, bad. They just weren't my flavor profile. This is much more it. Um, the Maduro version of this uh, is much more in my flavor profile than this one is. I'd give that cigar an eight or a nine. I'd yeah, uh, sure. I'd say this is you know a, a seven for me too. It's very enjoyable. It's very good. Um, it's got some uh, good body to it, and um, I can I can re- easily get behind and, and recommend this for people who are wanting some, uh, you know, a, a medium to medium plus uh, cigar who can take some pepper without crying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're ready for our pipe tobacco review, and this week we are doing the holiday theme by smoking Cornell and Deal's corn cob pipe and a button nose. And uh, from the tin, it says a warm mug of cocoa flecked with marshmallow. It's cold outside. Your pipe's alight. It's looking like it might snow. If bright gold Virginias fulfill your Christmas wish, blend in some reds. It's quite a spread with Burley and Cavendish, 
A blend for the season, warmed with Christmas cheer, makes our corncob pipe and button nose for the best day of the year. Mark, you want to tell us what's in this uh, tasty little tobacco here? Yeah. Um, so you've got some um, fairly easy mixes here of bright Virginia, red Virginia, black Cavendish, and white burley, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to, um, like the dark burgundy, it's not, uh, burgundy, uh, burgundy, the, um, it's not going to have quite as much of a nicotine mm-hmm. kick. Um, so hopefully, you know, with the two different Virginias, we're going to get some the, the sweetness from that. Um, and then the um, the topping has a chocolatey, marshmallowy um, aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike, um, so maybe it's worth sort of mentioning here um, the difference between a casing and a topping. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this on my mind when I was last here and and we were doing uh, speakeasy. Right. Um, so we use the term casings pretty liberally in the in tobacco world and they're actually two different sorts of things with two different sort of intentions. Casing um, is actually something that's an added when you're initially blending. Okay. At the very beginning. And it's usually... Um, some sort of, of sugar um, could be could be anything. You're basically trying to either compensate for the tobaccos themselves, or to at the beginning infuse a particular flavor that you're looking for, maybe a, a you know a sweetness, for example. And depending on who's blending and how they do that sort of casing. Um, there's usually alcohol involved in that too because that'll help it absorb into into the tobacco and then that becomes part of the overall blending component mm-hmm. right topping on the other hand is something that's done afterwards it's sort of the last thing that gets done once you've blended it completely and you're trying to um, add some very either very heavy or very light particular sorts of, of flavoring so a an extreme example of that might be like in a cherry Cavendish where you've blended the whole thing and now you're adding, you know, for some companies it means either an artificial flavoring or something to bring out. Now you're making it cherry. Um, at Cornell and Deal, we don't, we don't do it exactly that way because we don't do use artificial stuff, but still the topping would get applied at the end. In this case... You've blended the Burley with the Virginias and the Cavendish. Um, and once it's all completed, then we're adding toppings of things like, like um, uh, that will give it, a, you know, obviously I won't say precisely what it is, but you're, you're adding this marshmallow and chocolate to it at the end to actually take the tobaccos that you like in the way they naturally blend and now give them a little bit of, of flavor or aroma. Okay. All right. That is what we are smoking. And before we get into mm-hmm. it, we have Sam back with us, who has brought with us a very special kind of blonde stout. What that is, is this? That is correct, Dan. Uh, so this is by Alltech Lexington. They have made a name for themselves in the past couple of years with their bourbon barrel ale, mm-hmm. an ale aged in bourbon barrels. 
and they ex they have been expanding and making some really good good stuff they do really well out in the world and this is their winter golden stout so you should get some weedy honey on the nose maybe a touch of vanilla maybe a touch of bourbon and then once you go for the sip you're going to get the full bourbon and the full honey you're going to get a full shot of that vanilla and i'm thinking since what you guys are smoking here is get given a nice chocolatey kick maybe a little touch of cherry is what i get out of this specific tobacco it's just like a, like a cherry chocolate and i think the little bit of other direction with that vanilla is going to just totally seal the deal here for you guys what do we think? I like it. Yeah. yeah? I like it too. Good. Yeah. I like it. It's Glad good. Glad to hear it. Thank you, Sam. So it is on tap upstairs, and we do almost always have the Alltech Lexington bourbon barrel ale on mm. tap upstairs as well. So definitely worth coming in to check that stuff out. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank awesome. you, Sam. Thanks. Thanks for letting us know. That's great. Great to know. Um, don't forget to tip your bartender. Yes. And don't forget to tip your bartender. That's right. Amen. So, uh, what are you guys picking up from the uh, corn cob pipe and a button nose pipe tobacco here? The Roma Roma is so it's very cocoa. It's really nice, um, but I feel like the the drinks are definitely bringing out the Virginias mm. uh, pretty well more than they have like with the smoke by itself, and that is also enjoyable to me because I love Virginias. Very what much. do you think, Mark? Yeah, I think the um, I think this this particular pairing is is nice. It does indeed, um, unlike what we were talking about earlier. I think it brings out it not only complements, but it's it is bringing out a little bit of the sweetness in tobacco, mm. which is nice to do. Um, you know, I, I happen I like this smoke. It's not you know for those of you who might think we're talking about like chocolatey like that's not the case you're getting the tobacco i can i can easily taste the um both the virginia and the burley in here yeah me that's, too you know yeah. um so you're still getting tobacco with little hints of other things to say oh this would be mm. not heavily certainly not heavily aromatic but still aromatic um fills the room nicely with these you know sort of holiday of scents if it were yep um without that, that spicy or spice aspect to it you mm -hmm. know the more sorts of things we talk about when we you know we're talking about like pumpkin spice pumpkin spice <laughs> or you know what very this sort happy of, you stayed away from that this sort, of, <laughs> this sort of reminds me of like a true like hot cocoa as opposed to a hot like really sweet hot chocolate that yeah, is like yep. yoohoo-ish but mm -hmm. has that like almost a dark chocolatey where it's not super chocolatey but it just has a, yeah. that nice warming sense and flavor to it. Yeah, I've kind of described it uh, often to people as, as kind of like that hot chocolate you get at a ski lodge. Mm. You know, that kind of darker, richer. It's got this sweetness to it, but it's not... It's beefy. It's, it's not creamy. This right. creamy, light chocolate like my girls would probably like. Where are you getting your hot chocolate, and what ski lodge? Because I want to go there. <laughs> last time, last time I went snowboarding, I didn't get a hot chocolate like that. No, it was no. watered down. It was, it was bad. Well, if I, bur I burnt my tongue, my roof of my mouth. It was so bad. Well, that's funny because everyone else is. A, yeah, that's exactly right. It's either that or cocoa puffs. But no, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't use. I can't use cereal. It's. It's. Uh, it's just one of those things that I will I, not do. 
I can go as far as definitely a nice creamy hot chocolate with some with some milk in it because mm. you kind of get like that that nice chocolate creamy me, hot chocolate with Dan. milk yeah, yeah with a little bit of milk in it one percent Dan you haven't lived until <laughs> you've had you know chocolate milk with cocoa krispies chocolate That's milk with cocoa krispies awesome my goodness uh, I guess I just will go through life not living <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So goodness. sad. Um, but Mark, to your point, this is, you know, a t- obviously there's those, you know, uh, chocolate and marshmallow are not things that naturally occur in tobacco. True. And, and you can certainly smell it almost, you know, certainly more than you taste it. But it does not, it's not done in such a way as really to mask the tobacco that's there you know a lot of aromatics that are out there are really meant to kind of really just that flavor is the main player and for this uh and i find with all this is true with a lot of cornell and deal stuff when when flavorings are added um they're they're really it can be in a larger or smaller, but it's more of a supporting role to Correct. to the tobaccos that are already there. So you've got these nice, deep, uh, fruity, woody, almost bready kind of tastes from the Virginias and the nutty earthiness of the Burleys, and that that's really comes out the most to me. I, I, there's a there's a real nuttiness, a nice, rich nuttiness to this tobacco, which I really enjoy. Well, I'm I'm glad that you taste that and can appreciate it in the brand overall because we put a lot of effort into Jeremy Reeves, our master blender, puts a a lot of effort into sourcing how you're going to get any sort of a particular flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, Constantly trying new and different things um, to see what's going to work exactly with that sort of flavor profile because we, in the end, we're, we want to be smoking the tobacco. Right. I, I imagine there are probably some people who are smoking because they like to smoke and they maybe are using something super flavorful or aromatic that has, you know, really strong casings and or toppings um, almost to convince themselves that they're not smoking tobacco. Right. <laughs> right. Um, right. You know, almost like, you know, people who are habitually drinking like Diet Coke. You know, who are like, mm-hmm. well, if I drink, I'm not really drinking soda. It's not the same thing. And when you, you are, you're drink, you know, and you should <laughs> drink because you enjoy soda, right? Right, right. Uh, in this case, we want to enjoy the tobacco. The tobacco should always be forward. Mm-hmm. How do we enhance that and come up with new flavor profiles that are going to be interesting and fun mm. uh, and smokable? Maybe not for everybody, but none that you would say, this isn't tobacco. You right. Know? Right. This is some other favorite thing that I, 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 you know, sort of ruins the experience. We want to enhance. We want that tobacco to be forward. Mm. Yeah, when I first saw it, I was uh, I kind of raised my eyebrow because I was like, you know, is this <laughs> is this going to be like a chocolate bomb? I'm like, because it's like heavily advertised. You know, snowman on the front. You know, everything. Right. And then I was like, uh, like I've said numerous times, I'm a big fan of Virginia's. So when I smoked it, I was like, I was like. It smells like chocolate, but it tastes like Virginia's. This is awesome. <laughs> now, Nick, this is something I've seen you smoke a number of times in the yeah. in the shop. Yeah. Um, 
it's just very light and very flavorful. You mm. kind of get like that. Um, for me, it kind of brings back my childhood when my, my grandmother used to make the hot chocolates when it would be outside playing in the snow and she'd call us in and she'd have a line of hot chocolates mm-hmm. uh, on the table. Um, so for me, it kind of brings back a little childhood thing there. Um, but you you do get the aroma of the chocolate and maybe the sweetness of marshmallows or something. Um, but the taste on my palate is a little bit less yeah. of the chocolate yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. a lot more of that you know the other tobaccos that are in there Mm. uh a little bit of woody a little sweetness tad tad bit of spice i'm getting on the retro hail um it's extremely pleasant it's it's really nice yeah yeah Mm. i'm I'm enjoying it well done i'm not a i'm not a really big aromatic guy um but i ended up buying a tin of this for myself and you know you get that sweet you know, kind of need that that sweet tooth kind of thing that you want you want to smoke something that's a little bit sweeter, or um, you're just in the mood for something a little lighter, a little more fun. Yeah. You know, uh, this is a great tobacco, and you, you could smoke it. You know, any time of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something, and we have certainly certain variations of it in in our line, but. I think this could probably fit here. I mean, we're coming out with it specifically, obviously, as a holiday and Christmas release. But I don't think it's something that you couldn't have, you know, year round. Mm. If if that's you know if that's what you like. Yeah, you definitely could. Um, you know, there's some things you go, oh, it's Christmas time, or you know, you don't watch whatever mm. Christmas movie all year round. It's Christmas. It. Right, right. And there are certain <laughs> food like pumpkin pie, like you know, for the most part. You're not, you know, in July going, oh, I'm really craving a piece of pumpkin pie. Right. But there's certain other things, and for me anyway, this tobacco that, uh, you know, I'm more heavily Latakia in mm-hmm. English geared, but I, there's other things that I smoke other times too to break it up a little bit. Right, exactly. And this is the sort of thing that I, I could do. Now, while this could be a tobacco that you could smoke anytime, especially if you are a... Uh, uh, chocolate lover, you have that sweet tooth, but this is not a tobacco that is always available either, correct? Correct. This is something that's just available around the holiday season. Right. We don't, I mean, we don't, it doesn't fall in the category of our small batch reserves like mm-hmm. the Carolina Red Flake or the Sun Bear that we came out with this year or the Sense of Outgrow, but. Um, yeah, but it is a limited release. We, we drop it with just a certain number of tins um, around this time of year. And then, you know, when those tins are gone, we don't manufacture it again um, until the next time we do. In this case, a corn cart pipe was in 2018. Okay. We did, uh, no, sorry, 2017. Yeah. 2018, we did Jolly Old Saint Nick. So we'll rotate mm. them. Um Unlike our, some of our small black patches, which are very specific. Okay. Um, so, right, it's a, it's a limited release as opposed to um, a small batch. Right. Um, how are we thinking this is uh, pairing with the uh, Blonde Stout? Pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say what I said before. It's, uh, I think it's really bringing out the Virginias and the Burley. Um, I think it's, it's a great pairing. What do you think there, Mark? I, I like it. I, I was just trying to think, is it is it masking anything? 
I don't think so. No. Um, I wouldn't say I'm so. enjoying both the drink and the tobacco, and I'm enjoying them together. Mm-hmm. I guess that's sort of the point, right? And a good parent. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, that's sort of the point. <laughs> right. That's sort of the point. <laughs> now, Nick, uh, you seem you seem to be kind of deciding whether or not you like the pairing or not. What's what is uh, what's going through your mind right now? What's going on with your pairs? <laughs> um, well, what's going through my mind is that I like the tobacco more than I like the drink. Mm. I'm not a beer guy. Uh, um, if this was maybe a single malt or. I don't know, uh, maybe a whiskey or something like that. Maybe I'd enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah, I'm not really a beer guy either, yeah. but I, I like the beer. And the, so this might not be what I would have sat down and suggested to myself because yeah. I'm not a beer big beer drinker. Mm-hmm. It still works well together. It, it wouldn't, might it not does. be the, what the choice I would sit down and order. I mean, I, I would actually like to try this maybe with like a brandy. Mm. Yeah. I'm not a fan of brandy know. either. All right, well, uh, <laughs> we'll leave the brandy drinking to you, Mark. <laughs> but it's it's okay. It's not something you know that I, that I would order with it. It's it's tough because the 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 nuances that I'm getting from the tobacco is just hard for me for my brain to process. Be like, okay, well, what what can I pair with this as a drink? Could I get into a stout? Could I get into uh, an IPA? Can I get into a single malt? Can I get into maybe a cocktail or something? Um, it's just, for me, it's just hard. It, this is, for me, it's good by itself. Mm-hmm. With a water, I'll be happy with. Right. You know what I mean? I'm just, with this, this is probably maybe the only tobacco that I've encountered. I, actually, um, I was thinking it would probably go good with a rum. Uh, possibly. Maybe the sweetness and the molasses that it would come across, but it would have to probably be maybe a, a sipping rum um, with some good versus, age on it. Versus a chugging rum. <laughs> versus, yeah, well, right, versus, most of us sip the rum there. <laughs> yeah, well, versus, you know what I mean, versus a, a spiced rum or, or something like that, mm-hmm. like a, um, or, or the Kraken or uh, uh, the Captain or something like that. Like that for me would be like off the table. You wouldn't be able to do that. But like a nice, good sipping rum plantation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a Bacardi Special Reserve at home. This would probably yep. go really good with because you're going to get uh, some nice molasses, mm-hmm. some good sweetness out of it that would probably go good with it. That, something like that that I would do. But for me, this is probably maybe the only tobacco that I've encountered that it's good all on its own. You know what I think would go great with this? What's up? Bailey's. Ooh. Yes. I was just going to say, actually, what I would like to try this with would be some sort of, like... Liqueur. A coffee drink with Mm -hmm. a liqueur. Either liqueur on its own or, you know, like an Irish coffee or a coffee Mm -hmm. with a little Bailey's. This would go fantastic. Without Irish coffee. See, I could do that. I could do yeah. that. That'd yep. be nice. That sounds really good. This it sort of fits the whole mood too. Yeah, some Kahlua maybe. Stuff, mm-hmm. Kahlua you know? would be another yeah. thing. Yeah, you know. You what? know so this, yeah, I this think the coffee and the chocolatey and the marshmallow stuff would mm-hmm. be really, delicious. really yeah. good. So I, I, I'm, you know, I kind of go all over the map when it comes to drinking and and, you know, this blonde stout. Uh, I've never had a blonde stout before, so this is a, a new thing for me. Yeah, and I do pick up the the honey and the vanilla notes especially 
in the in the little bit of brandy he was talking about on the nose. I pick all that up, and that does play well with the, the chocolate and the nuts and and things that are going on here. So I'm I'm really enjoying it. Um, uh, now that said, of my wide ranging tastes in in adult beverages, for me beer isn't mine first go-to yeah you know so this is something that i wouldn't have picked for myself but i think it really works okay Mm -hmm. you know you should have made us orgasms (laughs) you ever had one of those why don't you tell people what's in it (laughs) you're talking about the drink right yeah i'm not telling i'm not asking you to say what it is I'm asking you to tell well, people what is in the cocktail. So you well, have... I just didn't want him to describe something a little bit. I can't believe I just said cocktail after that. <laughs> <laughs> so you have, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, it's Bailey's. Right now. It's yeah. Bailey's, Kahlua, um, some DiSerono, and you mix that up in a cocktail glass, and there you go. You have an orgasm. So with those three things, it's just I would, that easy, ladies. I would, th- I would think <laughs> <laughs> it's that it's that easy. Um, I think with those three liqueurs or liquors, I think liqueur so, liqueurs. I think that particular drink too would would go really good with this. Yeah, no, that's true. It, it that would go very well with this. Um, while we're continuing to smoke on the pipe here. Let me uh, tell you a little bit about what's going on uh, pipe-wise here at Twins. Um, we had, I'm very happy to say, a record year here at uh, Twins, both at the uh, Hooksit and uh, London Dairy locations with the Yay. pipes and pipe tobacco-related stuff. We've had our best year in all 23 years that Twins has been in business. Let's get some applause, Dan. Uh, okay, let's get some applause. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you so much. And as a way of saying thank you, from now until Christmas, uh, all of our Sam Gawith tobaccos are twenty percent off. Nice. And that is a a, a great. Um, that's a great tobacco. There, it's very rare. It's very hard to find. We've smoked some of them here on the show so mm. far. Um, I haven't had any of them that um, I didn't like. They do great stuff, and it's very hard to find, like I said, but you can find them here at Twins. They have have quite a few across the line, which is impressive because it it isn't always available. Right. And uh, it's an impressive selection. Even though I'm not with that company, it's delicious tobacco and if you want to come and get it because uh it'll be hard to get and they have everything yeah Mm -hmm. we have a we have a selection that uh, many stores would uh, you know really wish that they had yeah and we're fortunate to have the relationship with the uh uh man who's in charge of distribution in the u.s and um he's been a good friend of twins for a long time and uh likes to play tennis with Sean, our general manager. And, uh, you know, uh, we were able to get uh, a, a really healthy supply of this stuff. So mm-hmm. you may not find it online, but you can find it here at Twins. And if you are not in the area, you can always call, and uh, we'd be happy to send some to you. Mm-hmm. You can follow what's going on at uh, Twins Pipe Related uh, here by going and to the Twins Pipe Club 
page on Facebook and following us on Instagram at Twins Pipe Club. All right, what are our continuing thoughts on Corn Cob Pipe? Dave. Yum. Yum. I love these, uh, like the Virginias, the little uh, slight little uh, nuttiness <laughs> in the background from Burley. Um, I think it's pairing really well with the drink. Uh, I got two thumbs up. Mm. Mm. I really, I really enjoy this. The and because it's really an aromatic, I am constantly coming to it, saying I'm not really sure I'm going to enjoy it. And then when <laughs> I smoke it, it it becomes more and more addictive. It's 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 a really enjoyable blend. I, I'm glad that you feel that way. It's. I'm it, sure it's you a blend do. that we're. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're 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 proud of it. Um and. I think, you know, it's one of those instances, again, where Jeremy Reeves has done a really nice job of finding a great balance of tobaccos and adding a little bit of something extra mm-hmm. that doesn't exclude anybody. Right. Now, you know, this isn't a terribly complex blend. No. You know, this, this isn't really changing as it's going down the bowl for me. Is it changing for anybody else? No. No? You know, but it it, it is very consistent that... Uh, nutty flavor with the with the cocoa and that kind of marshmallowy sweetness in the background. Um, it, it just continues to just be a, a nice, steady, enjoyable flavor all the way down the the pipe. Now, that may be a good segue to some of the things that I want to talk. One of the reasons that uh, Mark Mormar. Uh, is here from uh, Loud DC is that we had a Peterson Pipe Show today mm. and we had a great time with that event we sold a ton of pipes and uh, you know it was a great 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 time and one of the things that I heard people talk about at uh, as they were looking at things was you know what are some of the things that you should look for in a pipe Especially if you're getting into it for the first time, you, know, you see all these different shapes, all these different sizes. The bowls are wide. The bowl, the bowls are shallow. They're big. They're small. Some pipe stems are really long. Someone, some are short. Some are straight out. Some are bent and all over the place. Um, what are things that people should look for, Mark, in a pipe? Hmm. And Conversely, are there things as they're looking, what are some things maybe they should avoid in trying to purchase a pipe? Yeah, that's it's a really interesting question that doesn't have an exact answer to it. Uh, I, think, I think the first place you start in looking for a pipe is something that appeals to you visually, but most importantly, feels good in your hand. Um, I'm not trying to play up the the aesthetics of of a pipe but no of course not uh, well <laughs> but all else being equal a well-made pipe mm-hmm. um aside for a, you know a few variations um are going to smoke relatively the same mm-hmm. so a longer stem of course um is going to have generally the effect of cooling slightly the smoke by the time so I'm smoking a church warden right now by Peterson right. um, and so you're talking about probably a, a nine inch stem or so 
And so that distance is going to, especially um, on certain tobaccos, is going to cool the smoke a little bit, which for some people may slightly affect the flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think drastically. I think in that instance, um, it becomes a, a preference of what you like. Now, I like, I like Church Warden because I like the way they feel in my hand. I like not having to pull it all the way out of my mouth. I don't. I can take the same tobacco, smoke in a church warden or, or you know, a, a, a different shape or size. And there's never been a time that I can think of that I thought, oh, well, I'm not going to smoke this in that pipe. Okay. Um, there are some certain characteristics, obviously, that you might want to look for when it comes to, say, size of the bowl. Forgetting for a moment about shape, but... If you know that in, you've got large hands or you have a tendency to smoke a little bit quickly or not want to change tobaccos over a period of time or refill the pipe, having a larger bowl has some practical sure. applications to it, sure. right? Um, does that mean it's also going to affect the tobacco? Well, maybe. Because at that point, you have to say each one of these pipes, now assuming we're talking about like Peterson or 7LE or Castello, mm-hmm or some of the better brands where there's a consistency in the way it's drilled, they're all still done by hand. Mm-hmm. So two identical pipes of identical shapes can also smoke slightly differently, mm-hmm. right? How large is that drill hole? How large is, you know, we're talking about a three millimeter, a six millimeter, or a nine millimeter? Because in those instances, you're gonna get more draw. So depending what tobacco you put in there, you're going to get a slightly different experience in those instances, not necessarily better or worse, but if so, if you have a nine millimeter drill hole and you're smoking a mildish tobacco, um, you might not notice a difference, but you put something in there that say um, is heavy in Latakia and you're drawing more of that smoke into your mouth, um, you're going to get more of that Latakia sense, much more smokiness because any one moment you're actually getting more, literally more smoke into your mouth, right? right. So that will affect, obviously. But that's going to be particular to that pipe and that blend of tobacco. Mm. In terms of shapes of bowls, um, I think in my experience... You have to take a look a little bit of the almost the science behind it. So if you have a, a wide, shallow bowl, you're going to be getting more air at the from the beginning that you're drawing in. Um, whereas a taller, narrower bowl is going to allow you, especially if it's slightly if, if it has any depth to it all. Um, you're going to allow the, the and, and as you draw down on it, you're going to get more of the flavor, um, more of the nicotine in a, in a wider bowl because you're immediately having more surface that you're smoking from. And so that nicotine you're going to, so if you have, you know, a dark fire in Kentucky, just heavy in nicotine um, in a wide bowl, that nicotine hit is going to get you a little bit more than it would in an hour of all. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, you might like that, right? So there are, moments, there are times when you can 
compare certain tobaccos with certain types of pipe to enhance an aspect of it. Right. It won't necessarily enhance the flavoring a lot unless you have something that's so nicely layered mm-hmm. um, that you, as you're smoking it down in a narrower bowl, you're, you're it's going to be a slower burn because you don't have as much surface area. And so you actually might get a little bit more of those flavors. So speakeasy, for example, not in a drastic way, I think in a slightly narrower, deeper pipe, you're going to pick up those slight layers to it that you might not have otherwise. Mm. But if you smoke enough of it and you're and you're and regardless of what pipe you're, you're going to get it, you're not going to get a totally different experience. You just might pick up some of those nuances less distinctly. Okay. So if I'm summing up what I hear you saying, um, maybe 80 to 90% of what you should look for in a pipe is what looks good to you, what feels good in your hand, what you feel comfortable holding, and the other... 10 to 20 percent maybe do you want more do you want less is it going to you know be a uh, a wider bowl where you're going to maybe experience more nicotine quicker or the deeper bowl that's going to intensify the flavors and but those end up being more minor things and they and they're also right exactly and so if you're if you are specifically looking for a pipe to smoke a particular type of tobacco and you want you intentionally want more the 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 more of that nicotine hit to it then you might tailor the pipe to specifically what you're going to mind so if you've got a whole bunch of pipes or you smoke only dark burleys or dark fires um, or you've got a you've got a bunch of pipes and you want something specifically for that, then maybe you'd look for something for a shape or a size that's tailored to what you're going to be smoking. But for most of us, we want to smoke anything in in any pipe that we purchase. Right. right. right? So you know, this is something that I've I've told people, and I'm hearing you really say this is that you know, pick a pipe that you like. That, yeah. that you like the shape, you like how it feels in your hand, you like the length of the stem, whether it's a church warden or whether it's a, a Peterson short that's really a, a much shorter pipe. It's They're all going to smoke well. They're all going to smoke the tobacco well. And, and the differences that you may get in one pipe versus another are generally more nuanced and slight so that the, you know unless you're really into it um you're not going to notice much of a difference no exactly and, and as you become especially for the beginner pipe smoker um you want the whole idea is to want to pick up that pipe and smoke something in it right and if you buy something just because it's the least price or because you, it was a more expensive pipe but you got a great deal on it but if you don't love that pipe and want to pick it up and smoke it, then it doesn't serve its purpose. If um, if over time you find that you have a certain style of smoking, like if you have a tendency 
to keep that pipe like in your mouth clenched between mm -hmm. your teeth like some of us maybe do with cigars right? right so let's make that connection for a second so if you're a cigar smoker and you like to clench and keep the cigar in your mouth chances are you're probably not going to gravitate towards like 770s unless you mm -hmm. really like that size and there again if you love that size <laughs> then that's by all means smoke that but you know, to keep a cigar clenched between your teeth at that size for half an hour might become a little bit tiresome. So by the nice same token, bulb. <laughs> <laughs> so by the same token, if over time after smoking your first pipe or, or second pipe, you realize, you know, I actually like to keep it in my mouth, then there are going to be some pipes, not necessarily the shapes of pipes themselves that have maybe too wide of a stem to clench nicely or maybe you want a shape that we call like a jaw dropper where it's actually down sort of below your jaw mm -hmm. because it's just comfortable that way you right. wouldn't want something really heavy that's awkward that's the bowl is so large and a skinny stem that it's going to be weighted oddly right right um if you have a tendency to smoke a little bit and you're busy all the time and you're constantly putting that pipe down, well, then maybe you want a tankard or a sitter-type pipe that mm -hmm. has a flat bottom that you can put on a table. You don't have to look for a place to balance it mm -hmm. or have a pipe stand nearby. Right. So those become mm -hmm. practical aspects of the way in you, which you smoke that might then entertain the, the shape itself. Right. Right? In absence of that, looking for something specific, though, yes, you're right, Dan. Pick something that you, that you love, you like the color, you like, you know, look, we have, you know, like, for example, on the Peterson side, which, which you know, we were doing here at Twins, um, there's such a breadth of, even in the same line, like even the stains, hmm. what appeals to you? Like some people really want to see the grain. And so a natural stain um, is going to highlight that. And if you love looking at it and going, wow, I just love the look at this pipe, other people... They just like because their wardrobe, like you, you wear a lot of black, and maybe you want your pipe to match the way you wear, and so you right. get a, a black stain bowl. Again, that's all aesthetics and personal preference, right? Um, to what's going to make you pick it up and walk out the door with it. You know, you might like the looks of, um, you know, so the the there's the uh, on this, the Peterson side, like the Dracula pipe, which is a black bowl, a red, uh, and black swirled stem on it. Mm -hmm. Um, it looks really, really cool, but there might be moments you'd be like, hmm, I don't want to necessarily be flashy with a red stem. Right. You think, well, it looks nice there, but will I smoke it walking around on the street? Is that going to be too much? Or do I want to stand out? Or mm -hmm. do I really not care and I'm going to smoke whatever I want to smoke? Right, right. Mm -hmm. mm. That's some good discussion there. Thank you very much. Uh, what is our final verdict on corncob pipe? Nick. I'm done, so uh, it's it's awesome. It's something that I could smoke every day, which I have on yeah. repeated, <laughs> repeated days, day after day, uh, 7 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock at night here at the shop. It's something that I can go to all the time. It's great. Dave? Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely one of my favorites. Um, I'm happy that my brother got me a second tin of it so that is uh i love coming home and having a hot cup of hot chocolate and 
having this as a as a pairing with it. It's just perfect. I love it a lot. Kids like the smell of it. it makes it even better. That's nice too. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you like it, Mark. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's pretty good. Um, no, I like it. I I do. I would tell you if it's not my cup of tea that I can tell you. Look, we have over 400 blends. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a lot. Not all of them do I love. None of them do I hate. But I would gravitate to some more than others. Certainly, um, I happen to 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 really like this. Again, as a guy who. Look, our number one selling blend on either side is um, Autumn Evening. Mm-hmm. And the second mm-hmm. is probably Nutty Irishman. Heavy aromatics. I like them. Mm-hmm. And the Autumn Evening I really like. But I smoke it fairly sparingly because it's not my, fully my flavor profile. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, this sort of slots in there a little bit. Yeah. Um, I would be interested to see, you know, something like this with a little Latakia in there. And see what that would do. Yeah, it uh, might overpower those the subtleties of the other bits. Yeah, but I think so. Maybe I mean, there's some chocolate tobaccos out there mm-hmm. that, that incorporate Latakia and sure. that smokiness might. You know, if you were doing it right, I, you know, we have a customer here who uh, is a big Latakia guy, mm. and uh, he he puts Latakia into everything. Yeah, he does. You know, uh, I. Uh, uh, sold him a, a tin of uh, uh, Samuel Gawith's Commonwealth mixture mm-hmm. a few months back, which is 50% Latakia, 50% Virginia. It's a very strong English blend. And he came back uh, uh, the next week and said, "I I love that I love that Commonwealth you gave me, Dan. It was it was it's a great mixing tobacco. If you just add a little <laughs> Latakia to it, it makes it fantastic." And I said, "There's fifty percent Latakia there to begin with. Oh, it just needed a little bit more, you know." And, and it's, uh, good, it's good British voice. Yeah, I know exactly good, what you're talking you know about. What I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know. So, if, but if you do it right, I, 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 you know, maybe I'd talk to Will about this. Yeah, you know, he could spice it up a little bit. I thought you were talking about Wayne. Wayne loves no, that. Yeah, a lot of yeah, Kia no, too. but but that's true. But Wayne ain't British. No, <clears throat> he is not. Will so. is British. Will is. Yes. Yeah, he's a what a he, guy. He's a he's a great guy. He's been smoking for fifty five years. He's a he's a great customer here. Um, I've already kind of admitted I'm not a huge aromatic guy, but this mm. is a very enjoyable tobacco. And while it, it isn't something that I would go to all the time because that's just not where I gravitate to, uh, this is. Not the first, second, third, or fourth time I've been smoking this stuff. I I find myself going back to it, uh, especially when I'm looking for something uh, on the sweeter side. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the wife really loves the room note of this. That's another plus. There you sure. go. You know, uh, you can't go wrong with that. So uh, I'm going to give this tobacco two thumbs up. We've got a, a good supply of this here at, here at Twins, and you can come in and get yourself a, a tin of this. Uh, for as long as it lasts, uh, and um, you won't be disappointed. But uh, Mark, again, thank you for being on the show and for um, coming all the way out here and for staying up late and doing the podcast with us. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'll come anytime I'm invited. That's fantastic. Well, count on it the next time you're in town. Okay. And come down to Twins and buy your Peterson. There's some great deals. If you've never smoked a Peterson before, if you... 
don't know anything about their system pipes, uh, the gentlemen who are seated here today will, you know, explain it all to you and show you what might be uh, different about the pipe that you're smoking now versus the Petersons. Um, yeah, Twins has, has, you know, if you're looking for a resource, anything tobacco related, whether it's pipes or cigars or pipe tobacco, um, then this is the place to be. You have been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twin Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thank you for listening, and that is Not Just Blowing Smoke.